What kind of plant likes to rhyme? I don't know what. A poetry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the children's hour. Kids Talk Radio.
That's Rhythm Child off of a release called Drum Circle Sing Along. Right here on the Children's Hour, I'm Katie Stone, and I'm here at the Outpost Performance Space with a whole lot of great people. Who's with us today? Hello, it's Cade. Hi, it's Joe. Hi, it's Nina. Hi, it's Amaya. Hi, it's Lily May. Hi, it's Illuminata. Hi, it's Addie. Hello, it's Amadeus. Well, thank you all for being here. Today's episode of the Children's Hour is really special. It's a full hour of storytelling in all different kinds of ways, through music and through stories with storytellers. We have with us Michelle Adam. She's written a book called Adventures with Duende in the Ocean, and you're going to hear that full story. And you can see pictures and so much more at childrenshour.org. Look for this episode, Tell Me a Story, And we got to speak with Todd Parr. Todd Parr has written, what, like 60-something books? We're so excited he's with us today on the Children's Hour. Stick with us. We've got stories galore, including this one. This is Out of the Books, right here on the Children's Hour. Once upon a time in a kingdom long ago, Lived a little princess with skin as white as snow The queen was her stepmother, as vain as vain can be Who asked the mirror on the wall, is the fairest one called me? The mirror always told the truth directly to the queen You are, my dear, the fairest that the world has ever seen But as Snow White, she grew into the loveliest of girls The mirror changed its tune and the truth it did unfurl My queen, you may be pretty for all the world to see But Snow White is the fairest, even fairer than thee Said one little girl, never come back and make a brand new start. Snow ran through the forest, scared right to her bones. Then stumbled on a cottage and said, I'll make this my home. Inside were seven tiny beds, picked one and closed her eyes. But then the seven dwarfs came home and boy, were they surprised. The queen came to the mirror and once again she asked But Snow White was still the fairest The huntsman failed his task One bad apple The queen was very mad One bad apple She came up with a plan One bad apple It only takes one bite This bad apple will be the end of Snow White The seven dwarfs and snow became a happy family Everybody did their part, it came so naturally 
One day when Snow was on her own, the queen dressed in disguise gave Snow that poisoned apple one bite and she had died. That evil queen was one bad apple. She asked the mirror on the wall, one bad apple, who's the was riding by one glance at her and he proclaimed you're the apple of my eye he brought her to his castle on a very bumpy road with one big bounce the apple popped and then snow white awoke now how's that one bad apple ask the queen to the mirror on the wall poor one bad apple who's the fairest of them all but with no No bad apple And she's gonna be the prince's wife One bad apple Will still run to the core One bad apple Who no one could adore That one bad apple The queen was mortified One bad apple She danced until she died I was just a kid I never will forget I woke up late one night I lay there in my bed My family was a slumbering No one was around I was almost back asleep When I thought I heard A sound A creak upon the staircase I could plainly hear Something there was moving It filled my heart with fear It couldn't be my mother It couldn't be my dad My brother John slept next to me He's the only one I had And I thought Hmm There's monsters in the bathroom There's monsters in the hall Monsters in the closet Hanging from the wall I thought they'll come and eat my parents I'll be all alone And they'll nibble on my toes Right down to the bone. I pulled the covers over my head. My knees began to shake. My mind said, just go back to sleep. But my body stayed awake. I thought of all the monsters and the movies that I'd seen. They'd all been pretty scary. They'd all been pretty mean. I tried to calm myself down. There's nothing there, I said. There's no monsters on the stairs. They're only in your head. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing there at all. And I had just convinced myself when I heard it in the hall. Monsters in the bathroom. Monsters in the hall. Monsters in the closet hanging from the wall. I thought they'll come and eat my parents. I'll be all alone. And they'll nibble on my toes right down to the bone. I could hear the monster breathing I could hear the monster sigh The monster stood right over me I kissed the world goodbye And then the lights came on And I screamed out
but the monster was my mother. And this is what she said. I was having a midnight snack when I thought I heard you call. I came up the stairs, I tiptoed down the hall. When I was just a kid like you, I'd wake up in the night, hear a creak, begin to freak till my dad turned on the lights. I thought there were monsters in the bathroom, monsters in the hall. Monsters in the closet hanging from the wall I thought they'd come and eat my parents Now I'd be all alone Then they'd nibble on my toes Right down to the bone And I said Phew. Mom, that's just plain stupid I never get afraid You must have been a chicken And not been very brave Don't you worry about me I'll always be all right. But, um, uh, my brother John, he hates the dark, so please leave on the lights. He says there's monsters in the bathroom, monsters in the hall, monsters in the closet hanging from the wall. He says they'll come and eat our parents, and we'll be all alone. Then they'll nibble on our toes, right down to the bone. Certain portions of the following song may not be strictly true. At least two parts are probably false, and one part is almost certainly an outright lie. Enjoy the song. Hey! Oh, well, a long, long time ago, people had it so tough. Cause when they wanted to take a drink, they had to pick up their cup. They had to clutch it with their fingers and hoist at the wrist Bending at the elbow, put the cup to their lips The most ridiculous way to drink this world ever saw But that all changed with the invention of the straw Way back in 1997 in England, the queen came along Her name was Queen Nancy Reagan and she said the way we drink is all wrong so she sent 100 scientists out across the land To find me a way to drink where I don't need to use my hands And the world's never been the same as it was before Queen Nancy Reagan and the invention of the straw Well the scientists searched and they searched and they worked And they worked and they worked and they searched some more But no matter how they worked and no matter how they searched Well they could not find what they were searching for what they were working for Well, the gesture of the court was named Gilbert Gottfried he said, my work with cylindrical plastic seems to be exactly what the queen needs. So he made a plastic cylinder, stuck it in a drink, gave it to the queen, and she didn't even think. She just drank it down without moving her hands or her jaw. And the queen said, hey, it's the invention of the straw. It's the invention of the straw. straw. 
invention of the strong Is the invention of the strong Repeat after me, Harry. Yeah. Say, Danny Dooley and Donnie Deedley do dangerous daring deeds, but during dinner, Dan and Don don't deal with dangerous doings. This deadly daring duo do their duty doing dishes. Go ahead and say that. We better do it a little slow. <laughs> okay. Say, Danny Dooley and Donnie Deedley. Diddly Doodley and Donnie Deedley. <laughs> no, 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 no. Danny Dooley and Donnie Deedley. Doogee Dodgy and Deegee Doogee. <laughs> Just say, Danny Dooley. Danny Doody. Doody's brother. Danny Dooley. Danny Dooley. And Donnie Deedley. And Dizzy Daddy. <laughs> Donnie Deedley. Donnie Deedley. Do dangerous staring deeds. Do dangerous staring deeds. But during dinner. During dinner. Dan and Don. Ding dong. <laughs> Dan and Don. King Kong. <laughs> Dan and Don. Dan and Don. Don't deal with dangerous. Don't deal with dangerous doings. Darlings. Don't kiss me. Sorry. Doings, doings, this deadly daring duo, this deadly daring duo, do their duty, date their doggy, <laughs> do their duty, what a doozy, <laughs> do their duty, your pants are droopy, <laughs> do their duty, do their duty, doing dishes, digging ditches, <laughs> doing dishes, doing dishes, okay, now say the whole thing once, hey, here it goes, diddly doodly on the doochie with a doochie 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 Never mind, Harry. That was Steve Charney and Harry with Danny Dooley. Billy Kelly was before that with the invention of the straw. And Bill Harley, way back when, monsters in the bathroom. You're listening to the Children's Hour. Tell us a story. We'll be right back. The Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated. We're listener supported at childrenshour.org. The Children's Hour is supported by the New Mexico Department of Cultural Affairs, announcing the September 23rd grand opening of New Mexico Museum of Art Vladim Contemporary, with great family activities, including painting, drawing, writing, sculpting, and monthly family art-making Saturdays. Learn more about Vladim at nmartmuseum.org. Electric Playhouse supports the Children's Hour. Find your play at Electric Playhouse in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's fun for kids and adults who want to play like a kid again. Featuring 16 interactive spaces with constantly rotating games and a full restaurant. Families can play and dine at Electric Playhouse. Tickets and investment opportunities at electricplayhouse.com. The Children's Hour is supported by the New Mexico Humanities Council. Since 1972, NMHC has sought to engage New Mexicans with history, culture, and diverse humanities topics. Now it's story time. Cause it's late and there's nowhere to go And I'm listening As you're talking the shoes off your feet There's a smile as you hand them to me 
story time And the ferrets are loose in the den Turn your back in the stealing again As a small child There's a magic that bites on the wind Blink your eyes, you're eleven again Trout Fishing in America from a CD called Who Are These People? You're listening to the Children's Hour, and with us on the show today is storyteller and educator, author, Michelle Adam. Welcome to the Children's Hour. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So glad you're with us, and you're about to tell us a story that you wrote. But first, we've posted a lot of photos to childrenshour.org. Look for this episode, Tell Me a Story, and you can see pictures of this incredible box, story box. Can you explain what this is? Absolutely. When I wrote my story, it was during COVID. And 
I decided I'm not going to do a story in the regular book form. And so I decided to put it into a form called the Kamishibai. And what it is, is in the 1930s, they used to have men that would have this theater box. It's a wooden box. You'll see it in the pictures. And they'd put it on the back of their bicycles and they'd go into the parks and they'd have a clapper sound like clap, clap. And then they'd make a sound and all the kids would come running. And they would literally tell their story in the parks to these children who are all surrounding the bicycle in this box. And they'd weave a story that basically one card after another in and out of the box, like a precursor to television. And the kids would get entertained in the parks. And I thought, what a wonderful way to tell a story. Kids get outside. And the kids themselves, you guys can become storytellers and make your own box and create your own stories. And on the back is you write your piece and on the front you make your drawing and you can have lots of fun with it. So when you published the story that you're about to tell us as a, you're telling us as a radio story, but when you published it as a book form, is it in the style of Kobishiai? It's in the form of the Kamishiba, yes. Kamishiba. Kamishiba, yes. I've, it takes me a while to get the word. Yes, so it's in the form of Kamishiba, and they're basically these bigger cards, like 15 by 10 um, in size cards. And these cards, basically, you put them, you pile them together, and then you slide one out and in of this box, and you tell a story. So yes, they're in that form. And then in a smaller version, that's more like a flip book, but it's not your regular book form. We're posting pictures at childrenshour.org. Look for this episode. Tell me a story. And in the meantime, would you tell me a story? Absolutely. But just to make sure you're with me today, when I tell the story, I would love it if you would join me. And that is when I make a funny sound, can everyone there make a funny sound with me? That would be great because there'll be some funny sounds to come along and then we'll have fun together. Okay. Are we ready to go? Here's the story. Adventures with Duende in the Ocean by Michelle Adam. Illustrations by Christiana Cook and published by Pachamore Publishing. Nico was certain that the little man was real. He was as real and bright as the stars in the sky when he arrived in the boy's dreams, smelling of salt and sand. Come, there's no time to waste, the little man said as he pointed his long, bony fingers towards the sky. The seven-year-old boy watched in awe as sparkling waves poured from the man's fingertips onto the bed. Ready? Psh, psh. Let's go! Nico was flying through the sky along with thousands of other children following these men. Who are they all and where are we going, he thought. The little man grinned from one big ear to the other. I'm an ocean elf, but call me Duende, he screamed over the sound of tons of children swishing through the air. An elf, Nico screamed in excitement. They flew along the Rio Grande, down the river and far beyond. The little man became a big light blue wave covered in seaweed that brushed up against the clouds. We, the Duendes, are here to show you our world, the little man said. The two traveled for miles upon miles until suddenly, everyone joined me, splash! Nico and Duende dove into an immense ocean far from the desert. Down they went until they landed, ready everyone? Thump! On the ocean's floor. Nico brushed off the sand from his eyes. 
Where are we? He asked in awe. Well, welcome to the home of my mother ocean, said Duende. She asked me to bring you to her. Well, at that point, seaweed popped. Everyone join me. Pop, pop. Grasses swayed back and forth. Swoosh, swoosh. Welcome to our world, they said in a deep voice. We're glad you came. Thanks, said Nico, surprised. He had never heard seaweed talk before and definitely not grasses. So Duende then threw one big foot up high in the water and then the other. I was born here on this ocean floor with all my friends, he said. We the Duendes take care of our mother ocean. The little man twirled in place. Maybe you'll love her like we do. He added with a wink, and then Duende stretched out his liquid hand for Nico to take. Let's play, he said, and they played. You can be small like the sand, and you can be big like the ocean, said Duende. Wow, was all Nico could say. And when he became small, and then as big as the ocean, he could feel the animals and plants tickling his insides. Can everyone laugh? <laughs> bit by bit, he felt a big love for everything he saw and touched. Soon that included, and join me in this, and if you can, even make hand motions. Ready? Boop! Duende's octopus friend, Mr. Squirt, popped out from under a rock. Ready? Boop! Play with me. I'm lots of fun, and I'm slippery too. He stretched one of his tentacles toward Nico and pulled him in. Ah! The boy yelled in surprise, and then Duende joined in the fun, and the two slid up and down his tentacles like waterfall. That is, until Mr. Squirt flipped the two up and up and up, sending them all the way to the ocean's top, and then back down. Well, during one of those rides, Nico suddenly heard another sound. Can you imagine what that was? Well, join me in this one. Ready? If you ride on me, you'll never fall off. Duende's turtle friend, Mrs. Shell, squeaked as they passed her. Come here. Eager for another adventure, the two soon landed on Mrs. Shell. Goodbye, Mr. Squirt, they yelled back as they rode on Mrs. Shell's back. Oh, no, called out Nico as they raced upon the ocean. Well, turtles are supposed to be slow, aren't they? Oh, but not sea turtles, said Duende. Well, Mrs. Shell sure knew how to offer a great ride, but she had some serious competition. And guess who that was? It was Mr. Splash, Duende's dolphin friend. Here, join me in the sounds and make some movement too. Ready? Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. Safe ride, that's boring. Mr. Splash chirped and whistled. With me, you can jump in and out of the water and never get bored. Soon the entire ocean became a playground for Nico and his new friend. They rode on Mr. Splash's back, diving in and out of the water. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Splash called out in excitement. They were having so much fun. But when they wanted Nico to meet his special friend, that was Mr. Blue. He was one of the biggest blue whales in the ocean. So Nico followed Duende and they became so, so small like krillfish, because you know Mr. Blue likes krillfish, and they slid right into Mr. Blue's mouth. Try this, exclaimed Duende. Be big, the size of 30 elephants, just like Mr. Blue. They became real big inside Mr. Blue, and that's when he began to sing. His song echoed loud, shaking Nico and Duende. 
But when they tried to imitate Mr. Blue with a... Try this. Mr. Blue got upset. Get out of here! He yelled and spewed them out of his spout. Whee! when they screamed as they flew into the air. Well, closer to the shore, the two then rolled in the sand with the sea lions on the water's edge. Ready? Arr, arr! Can you do that? Arr, arr! It's time you rested from all your games, the sea lions barked. Soon, Duende's crab friend, Miss Claw, invited them to take a break, too. Curl, come curl inside here with me, she called out. So the two shrunk down in size and curled up in her shell. Nico felt so held inside and he thought, what a cool adventure. But when I wake up, will I remember this? You won't forget a thing, said Duende. We bring all the children here so they can feel the magic of this place and show others. I really like it here, said Nico. Well, this is your home too. She's your mother ocean too, said Duende. Nico smiled as the two left Miss Claw and floated on their backs to rest on Mother Ocean. They looked up at the cloudy skies. Please come again, said Duende, feeling quiet and sad. Adults have forgotten to care for our ocean and all of my friends who live here. The little man cried a clear blue tear. We've seen so much garbage thrown here like plastic and oil, and it's getting a lot warmer too he said, gazing up at the sky. I've seen friends like a turtle friend of mine die from plastic inside them, and all because people don't seem to care. Nico became sad. I miss my friend, Duende added. But what can I do? asked Nico, wanting to help. Well, you can come and visit and play with us, said Duende. It matters that you don't forget us and the magic here. You can also teach others and help them remember this place that waits for you at the end of the long Rio Grande. I'll come back. I love it here, said Nico. I like that, said Duende. And my friends and I will send you letters in your sleep. We'll tell you more stories about us and how you can help our mother ocean and the earth. Before Nico could say anything, a big, big wave curled up above and around them. Thank you, my son. Thank you, the sweet voice of Mother Ocean called within the waters. Thank you. He had a big smile on his face. He opened his eyes and stretched his arms beyond an amazing wave wrapped around him. Wow, that dream was real, Nico said. The following night, he visited Mother Ocean again, and for many more nights. I'll share her magic with the world, exclaimed Nico after every adventure. And I can't wait for those letters in my dreams. The End Right up 
is trying I don't think that I ever looked so green Central New Mexico supports the Children's Hour. Outpost Performance Space in Albuquerque, New Mexico is a proud supporter of the Children's Hour. The Children's Hour is supported in part by an award from New Mexico Arts, a division of the New Mexico Department of Cultural Affairs, and the National Endowment for the Arts. Support for the Children's Hour is also provided by the City of Albuquerque's Cultural Services Department and the Urban Enhancement Trust Fund. Token Ibis is a supporter of the Children's Hour. At Token Ibis, they know that philanthropy doesn't need more money, it needs more people. Users can direct Token Ibis money towards their favorite New Mexico nonprofits. Learn more and sign up at tokenibis.org. Squash grows on the bottom, beans grow all around, corn grows up high. Won't you come and hear our sound? Squash grows on the bottom. Beans grow all around. Corn reaches high. Three sisters in a mound. One is heavy. One is lean. And I'm the one that's in between. So, little girl, I'm amazing. How have you been? <laughs> have to be so corny. Hey, don't squash our fun. Squash grows on the bottom. Beans grow all around. Corn grows up high. Won't you come and hear our sound? Squash grows on the bottom. Beans grow all around. Corn reaches high. Three sisters in a mound. One is heavy. The other one is in between. 
Squash was on the bottom, beans grow all around. Corn reaches high, three sisters in a mound. One is heavy, one is lean, and the other one is in between. That's Joanne Shenandoah from a compilation CD called Brown Girl in the Ring. And may her memory be a blessing. You're listening to the Children's Hour, and with us today on the show is the legendary children's book author, Todd Parr. Hello, Todd Parr. Hello. It's so nice that you're with us on the Children's Hour. Thanks for inviting me. You are probably best known for your extremely happy illustrations and children's books because they're very simple and yet very inviting to read because they're so colorful. Is that how you'd describe them? Yes. At one of my very first book signings, a family thought I actually had a six-year-old doing my illustrations. And I thought, this is not good. And years later, I really embraced that because that is my audience. And kids aren't intimidated by my artwork. They look at it and they're like, hey, I can draw like this, which I encourage because I always ask kids, how many of you think you can draw better than me? Everyone, raise your hands. It's not hard. Why do you like writing books? Let me tell you a little backstory. So when I was in second grade, I had trouble reading. I had something called dyslexia, which meant I had trouble putting words together, but I could understand pictures so much easier. So when I started writing books, I thought, can you write books and just have messages with art? I said, I'm going to write a book called It's Okay to Be Different to let other kids know that some of us are good at some things and not so good at others, but we can try our best and we can learn. And that was inspired on my second grade experience. So that's why I write books. Do you have any advice for some of the kids or parents out there who want to become children's book writers? I get asked that question all the time. And I always say, I wish I had the easiest, simplest answer for that, but I don't. But let me tell you what I learned on what I told you about my experience in second grade. So I remembered the love of art all through school, but I just didn't have a lot of confidence. And I didn't think my art was good and other people didn't think it was good. And so I did some other jobs and I kept coming back to my artwork. And I said, you know, this is what I really want to do. And after working for an airline, traveling around the world, I suddenly had a lot more confidence. And I said, I'm going to pursue my art. But there were lots of challenges and lots of ups and downs and lots of disappointment. And even when things were not going great, I stuck with it. And somebody said, hey, have you thought about writing kids' books? And so the lesson that I learned from that is that even though I was not pursuing writing kids' books, not giving up on my art and my dream led me into something that I wasn't even thinking about. So the takeaway is, if you try really hard and you know there's going to be ups and downs, maybe something else will happen that'll take you a completely different direction that will work out even better. 66 books later, we're just going to throw that in because that's fairly (laughs) impressive in 20 years. My goodness. Well, uh, Todd Parr, Could you give us a sense of what one of your books sounds like in your voice? Could be a short one. 
Well, I could give you a little bit of insight into the newest book, the bedtime book. It's all about this bird that wants to go to bed, very tired, and no one is ready for bed, including the owls. They're watching TV. The puppy has to brush his teeth. The Norwell needs to take her bath. And the raccoon has the hiccups. Um, it goes all through these stages of going to bed. Like the bear is hungry. The baby goats are jumping on the bed. And no one is going to bed. And the bird just gets so mad and screams, go to bed. But they're still not ready. And the pig found a giant spider in a room. And we get to the very end. And we think we're done. The bunny needs one last hug and kiss goodnight. And then there's the message. Sleeping is very important. If you don't sleep, you will be very crabby. The end, love, Todd. But it doesn't end. The bird screams, wake up. Just kidding. Good night. So that is the latest book. And I always say, when you read this book in the day, you'll just be very relaxed. And if you read it at night, you'll fall asleep right away. Wow. We're posting links at childrenshour.org. Look for this episode. Tell me a story. Todd Parr, thank you so much for joining us on the Children's Hour today. Thank you so much for your time. Since our conversation with Todd Parr, he's published yet another book, The Monster Mac and Cheese Party, is available everywhere. For 364 days a year, it's probably wise to leave an alligator alone. But on one fictitious day a year, when you open up your eyes, a special kind of party is. Sometimes I think possibly maybe wrong. To enjoy Huggin' Alligator Day Specifically five Step one Go to the swamp and find an alligator I'm Fred I'm Beth I'm Chris They're all friendly Take your pick Step two Go on home and bring your alligator They'll compliment your decor Ooh, nice granite countertops And then it's time to hug Go on and hug
Make sure you have your gator home by 10. Oh, it's hug an alligator hug. An alligator hug. An alligator day. Next year, oh, it'll come again with a brand new alligator friend. No, but seriously, where did you get those granite countertops? from his Be The Change CD. And before that, you heard the Story Pirates. That's Hug an Alligator Day. They base their story songs on what kids come up with. And we have a link at childrenshour.org. You're listening to the Children's Hour. This has been an all-story time Children's Hour through music and stories. We have time for maybe one more. This is Claudia Robin Gunn with One More Story. And I can relate. Can you? We'll catch you next time for another edition of the Children's Hour. 
Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit. Our show was written by Katie Stone with lots of help from all of us on the kids' crew. You can find photos, links, learn along guides, and more about us at childrenshour.org. Many thanks to Todd Parr and Michelle Adam for being with us on the show today. We had production help from Christina Stella, and Evan Dates wrote our joke. Find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or go to our patreon.com slash the children's hour. Or ask your smart speaker to play the children's hour podcast. We post our photos and more on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Find us at TCH Radio. Our theme music was written by C.K. Barlow. The Children's Hour is distributed by PRX, the Public Radio Exchange, and by the Pacifica Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio.